read, as the band just kind of keeps playing, I want to read to you Matthew chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. And I don't know who this is for. I just feel like the Lord gave this to me this morning. But you might be facing a struggle at work or maybe something in your marriage. But Jesus says this to his followers. Do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At the time you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your Father speaking through you. Heavenly Father, we just give the words of our mouth to you. And Lord, whatever it is that we need to say to our boss or whatever it is we need to say to our spouse or whatever it is that that we need to say, Lord, we will not be afraid to say it. If, If you've laid on our heart to share your love with somebody, We'll set worry aside, we'll set doubt aside, and we'll tell fear to go away because we know that when we open our mouth and trust you, it will be the Holy Spirit speaking through us and not us. We don't have to worry about the words. We just worry about the obedience. And so, Lord, I ask that the Holy Spirit would rise up in each person in this room today as they speak to share your love, that according to Matthew chapter 10, verses 19 and 20, we don't have to worry about what to say. We just worry about obedience and loving. And Lord, I praise you and I thank you for that here this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. You can be seated. And I just want to share with you uh, just something real quick. I mentioned it last week and I'm not sure how many people actually caught it. Um, But uh, starting next week, you'll want to get here early. I know everybody kind of filters in after the announcements or during the announcements. Uh, But next week, if you want to get your seat and sit where you want, you'll need to come early and find a seat in the middle. We are going to completely block off the sides, and so that's going to bring everybody to the middle and cause us to get a little more cozy at the river, to quote Mater, um, get a little more cozy at the river and just um, get to know each other better and connect with one another in the middle. You guys good with that? I guess you are because it's going to (laughs) happen. Anyway, I don't know why I asked that. That was weird, wasn't it? Um, It's kind of like when you're parent, like when you, as a parent, you ask your kid, like, you want to clean your room, don't you? It's like, you're going to clean your room anyway. So I don't know why I asked that, but that was weird. Now it's just getting awkward. All right. Well, starting today and for the next two weeks, we are going to love on Myers Insurance Agency here in LaPelle. And now this will be a little different than loving on the gas station, right? Because like you gas station, you get gas and go and you say hi and do all of those sorts of things. With Myers Insurance, and I don't want to leave anybody out because I know we have a few insurance reps in here that not only work at Meyer but also work at uh, for State Farm and Allstate and so on. But what I'm going to ask you to do to love on Myers Insurance Agency is is maybe. Buy some cookies, take it in to them, leave some cookies in the office, maybe, uh, you know, buy lunch for everybody, or just take them a card. One of the things that you can do with a business like this is you can share them on social media. So if you're on Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, you can share that insurance agency, like them on Facebook, and just share it and say, hey, be sure to go to this business and just tell them you appreciate them and, and get the word out about Myers Insurance Agency for the next two weeks and we can kind of do a little marketing for them. Can you guys at least do that on social media and just share the love on social media, right? 
And then we'll get a, at the beginning of the year, we're going to give you another business to love on that'll be hopefully as easy as Phillips. And so we're going to love on all of the businesses here in LaPel and all of their employees over the next two years. It's going to be awesome. And so really wish I had that video. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so for the next two weeks, you're going to see more about it on hashtag for LaPel Facebook page and on the River Facebook page. And we just want you to go and, and love on them. Like I said, take them cookies, buy them lunch, take gift cards into them, share about them on social media, and so on. So this is going to wrap up the hashtag for lapel series. This is part three. And today we're going to talk a little bit, not a little bit, we're going to talk a lot about serving and what that means to serve. And I couldn't think of a better place to go than the cross. When you think about serving, you think about the cross. At least I do. But I don't think about Jesus on the cross, not this morning. I think about something else that happened at the cross of Christ. And I just want to share that with you. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 19, 28 through 30. You can pull that up on your tablet or your phone. If you don't have your Bible, it'll be up on the screen. But Jesus, Jesus is on the cross. He's thirsty. And it says this in John chapter 19. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Here's Jesus. At humanity's darkest moment, when we told God we didn't want his son, we didn't care about his son, we shouted, crucify him, kill him, do away with him. He's battered and torn, beaten, bruised. And he looks down and he says, I'm thirsty. And here's this Roman soldier who says, well, you know what? I got some vinegar here. Dips a sponge in it, sticks it on his sword, spear, whatever. And he puts it up to the mouth of Jesus. And Jesus drinks the vinegar. Now, Crucifixion is a horrible way to go. And if I'm thirsty, vinegar is not what I want, right? But it's all he had, so he drank it. And then the Bible says he simply gave up the ghost. He gave up his spirit. He said, I'm done. And here is Jesus battered and bruised, but somebody serves Jesus in his darkest moment, in his weakest moment. And we all come to church battered, bruised, upset. Maybe our attitudes are in the wrong place. Maybe it's been a hard physical week. Maybe it's been a hard emotional week. You know, we're just done. We're fed up because we've been beat up and bruised. And then we get to church. And you know what? Sometimes the person serving you, you're like, that's not really what I wanted, but your heart's in the right place. And I think for all of us that the attitude of a servant has to be that, that our hearts have to be in the right place, that we have to love people no matter what we have to offer, we have to offer it and we have to give it, and we have to give it no matter what. And so the soldier served Jesus with what he had. The soldier made a difference. You know, yesterday, Lynn and I were at Meyer shopping, and honestly, I think the entire town of Noblesville was there at Meyer yesterday. And then they followed us right over to Hobby Lobby. I mean, what was going on yesterday in Noblesville? But we, uh, 
go to Meyer, and as we're going through, Lynn says, why don't we just buy a bunch of cookies and take them to Phillips? And so we go. We, we bought cookies, and, and Lynn made a card. I was going to make a card, but like a good wife, she beat me to it, right? And um, we take the card and the cookies into Phillips, and the lady working there is just like totally blown away. And she goes, is it okay if I put a note on these to tell the young kids that work here not to eat all these, that we should spread them around? And we're like, you know what, we're just loving on you. Do whatever you want with the cookies. You know, you can eat them all if you want. It doesn't matter. Just thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you for being a part of our town. And, and she was so blessed. And it's just neat to begin to see how God is using us, blessing other people, experiencing the love. If you're on social media, you've seen probably, um, I'm going to read this story I'm not going to name names, but I want to read this Facebook post because it got a lot of hits. Um, so let me just read this. It says, I'm at Phillips 66 in Lapel, and a certain woman was working. And this woman has worked there for the better part of three years, knows for the most part what everyone wants, talks about things that you've talked about before, always has a smile on her face, always has great music playing and, and an amazing laugh. So anyway, um, this employee is taking care of people when all of a sudden in walks a beautiful blonde woman, not going to name names. I'm going to kind of paraphrase some of this, okay? But a staple in our community and as sweet as can be. So this lady walks up to the employee and says, the River Church is blessing a local business this week, and they are all praying for success and goodness, uh, goodness abound to that business. She then the lady looked at the employee and said, and I'm praying for you and I hope you are blessed, and then hands a gift card to the employee. The store clerk was taken aback and surprised and immediately came from behind the counter to hug the lady. I then, of course, touched by this, had to hug the woman myself because I had witnessed true selflessness and kindness. The store clerk then said, I can't believe what just happened. I didn't have a lot of money for groceries this week as my heart is beaming by what I had just witnessed, the, the doorbell goes off, and in walks the same lady, walks back up to the counter and says, my husband wanted to give you more, and she handed the store clerk, store clerk even more money. The beautiful blonde woman walked by me and said, we're so blessed, why not share it? This is small town living, this is small town kindness, this made me proud to live in a community that cares about the most random things. The store clerk cried, she had tears in my eyes, and I just wanted the world to know. That, that is God's love in action, and that is people who aren't even directly receiving God's love, but witnessing God's love. That's what it's about. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody gave me an amen, right? That's what it's about. It's people witnessing the love of God and saying, what's going on here? You know, I just want to share this, and I, and I don't share this to brag, but I share this because I want you to see the impact of God's love. So this has over 300 likes, 46 comments, and over 20 shares. Why? Because God's love is not silent. Oh, it might be done in silence, but eventually the world knows. Eventually the world finds out. 
Because God wants people to know that he is for them. He is, God is for LaPelle and God is for Madison County. He is for us and he wants people to know that. And so even though we try to do it, you know, as the Bible says, you know, the right hand doesn't always need to know what the left hand's doing, right? That we can do things in silence and just, and, and do things anonymously. But God wants the world to know that he loves them. And so when it leaks, it leaks big. It, it's important. God's love is important. And just like Jesus on the cross sharing his love with us, this soldier, he, he takes this wine and he gives it to Jesus in his bruised and battered moment. And Jesus calls us then to serve others and to love others and to care for others. It's interesting that LifeWay Research did some research. And here's, here's what they said. Ed Stetzer says this. He says, growth leads to service and serving leads to growth. It's deeply connected. Now think about that. Growth leads to service. As I grow in Christ, I want to serve others. And the more I serve others, serve others, the more I grow. You notice the cycle? I grow and then I serve. And because I serve, I rub elbows with, I sometimes have to deal with issues that causes me to mature, and so then I grow more. And the more I serve, the more I grow. And the more I grow, the more I want to serve until it becomes a vicious cycle of perpetually loving other people. And that's exactly what marriage is. I grow in my love for my spouse, I serve them. As I serve them, their love grows, they serve me. And I serve and grow and grow and serve. It happens in marriage, it happens in our community, it's to happen in church. It happens all the time. In fact, LifeWay Research in the same study found that there were eight keys to spiritual growth. If we're going to grow spiritually, if the deepest part of us is going to grow, not our intellect, Right, Not our bodies, not our physiques, but if we are to grow the deepest part of us, they found that there's eight things that have to happen in this study. Number one, Bible engagement. Two, obeying God and denying self. Serving God and others is number three. Sharing Christ, exercising your faith, seeking God, building relationships, and being unashamed. Now here's the amazing part. When you show up at church on Sunday morning and you're actively involved serving and being a difference maker in church, all eight of these happen on Sunday morning. Think about it, right? So you've got Bible engagement. I hope that goes without being said, right? You're obeying God and denying self. How many of us wanted to sleep in or had other things we'd rather do, right? Sunday fun day. We'd rather go have fun and, and keep it and hog it to ourselves. And yet the study finds that those who obey God and deny what they want grow spiritually, Serving God and others. Serving is a key component to growing and maturing spiritually. Sharing Christ, exercising. All of these things happen on a Sunday morning. Now, they're supposed to happen all throughout the week, but they for sure happen on a Sunday morning. Right? So what I want to do this morning, and this is not going to be a long sermon at all, I want to share five benefits of being a difference maker. Here at the river, we don't have volunteers. We don't call them volunteers. When we get together as leaders in our leadership meetings and our elder meetings, we do, we, they're not called volunteers. We call them difference makers because we honestly believe that serving makes a difference. It makes a difference in the life of the person you're serving and it makes a difference in your life. And so let's just call it what it is. You're a difference maker. You are making a difference. And so John chapter 2 
in John chapter 2, verses 4 through 9, we come upon the wedding. And at this wedding, they've ran out of wine. Now, when we have a wedding, right, we have the reception, and the reception lasts four hours or three hours or however long. In Jesus' day, a wedding reception lasted an entire week, and you would take the entire week off and celebrate with family, with friends. And so you were, <laughs> you were off for an entire week to celebrate a wedding. I, I am all for the way they did it in Jesus' day. Anybody else? Yes. So then I'd be like, hey, I got five weddings this year, at least five. So I'm going to be out at least five weeks this year, and then I've got all my PTO time too, right? Okay, now I'm just getting lazy. But anyway, you get the point, right? And so Jesus shows up at this wedding, and they've ran out of wine. And we get to verse 4. Now, right before verse 4, Jesus' mom, Mary, now this is a whole sermon in this, so I'm not going to preach on it. Jesus' mother comes and says, they've ran out of wine. You can fix this problem, right? And I'll just simply say that the sermon is, Sometimes parents see things in their kids that their own, the own kids don't even want people to know, right? And uh, sometimes we got to have people like that in our life that see things in us that we don't see in ourselves, and they call us out because of that. So, anyway, Jesus then, starting in verse 4, he calls his mom woman, which actually in that culture was a compliment. Try calling your mom woman today and watch what happens. My sons, don't you dare. You will... Anyway, it'll hurt. I'll just put it that way. Right? But Jesus says, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. And his mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. And nearby stood six stone jars, the kind used by the Jews for the ceremonial, ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw out some and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. And he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And so here we find, first off, five things. When you serve, when you become a difference maker and choose to serve, number one, you see Jesus at work. It was the servants that obeyed Jesus that got to see Jesus at work. The person in charge of the reception and the couple that got married didn't see Jesus at work because they were too busy being served. But the servants got to see Jesus work. And let me tell you what happens when you become a difference maker and you serve the community and you serve in church, you begin to see Jesus working in other people's lives. I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to said I had no desire to work with kids. And you ask them six months later when they said, okay, I'll go work with River Kids. And the, I'll go work with the River Kids. Six months later, like, I can't imagine working anywhere else. I see God working in kids' lives. I see God working what they come back and tell me about their parents. And I see God working in the families. And they get blessed because why? Because they're serving in an area that most people are like, I don't want to serve in the kids' area. And yet they sometimes see the they see more of God's handiwork in the kids' area than anywhere, other, anywhere else in the church, right? Most of us will never see Jesus at work until we choose to start serving with him. The servants saw it. Mary saw it. Nobody else saw it. And how many of you got here at this banquet? Probably hundreds upon hundreds. 
and yet only a handful of people at most, why? Because only a handful of people at most chose to serve, chose to get involved, chose to do whatever Jesus asked them to do. Number two, when you choose to serve and be a difference maker, whether it be in the community or especially in in church on a Sunday morning, you are the one that will experience the miracles. You will experience miracles. It was the servants that experienced the miracle. Now, the head of the, the, head of the party, he reaped the benefit of the miracle, right? He reaped the benefit of the, he tasted it. He tasted it. If you go on and read, he goes, you saved your best wine till last. This is the best wine I've ever tasted, Right? but he didn't know the source. And when you serve, you know the source. When you serve, you experience the miracles. You experience the happenings of Christ. Oftentimes, we want the miracles of God, but we don't want to do anything about it. We don't want to serve. We don't want to get involved, and so we don't experience the miracles. And we wonder why God's not working. God's like, put your hand in the plow, start working, and I'll show the miracles. And so the servants experience the miracles. The fifth benefit of being a difference maker is this. In obedience, you experience joy and peace. You literally experience joy and peace in your obedience. 1 Peter chapter 4, 10 through 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Okay, why, stop right there. Why did God give you the gift? To serve. He didn't give you the gift to hoard for yourself. He says, I've given you the gift to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Now, hold up a minute. How does he say to serve? And whose strength? Who provides the strength to serve? It's in there. All right, Bodhi, you got your hand. This isn't class, but you got your hand up. That's right. You serve. Bodhi gets it. A sixth grader just got it. The rest of you ought to be able to get it. How do you serve? With God's power. You don't serve under your power. Your, power's, your power is finite. You'll get burned out. Soon as, soon as some parent comes to pick up their kid and says a crossword at you because they've just had a bad week, you're done with the kids. But in God's power... Okay, God, I need strength for this, right? I don't understand what they said or why they said it, but in God's power, I can move forward, and I can do it. We serve in God's power. We serve with the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn to the person on your right and say, serve. Now turn to the person on your left and say, get some Jesus. No, get Jesus to serve. Don't get Jesus for any other reason. I know you're probably thinking some other reasons too, especially if you looked at your spouse and said that. You need to get some Jesus, right? But... You serve under the power of God, not with your own power, not with your own ability. Do you know how many people I talk to and say, oh, I would, I would love to come to church. I just can't seem to get up, or I just can't seem to do this, or I can't seem to set this aside. When I had this conversation, remember this conversation? Kind of? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going out on a limb, and it looks pretty weak right now, but I'm going to go out there anyway. So we're having this conversation, and one of her coworkers used to go to church on a regular basis. And she just stopped going. And she goes, and Lynn asked me, because this coworker asked her, she said, why can, I not, why can I not seem to get to church on Sunday morning? 
And Lynn asked me that, and I said, the answer is in the question. It was like, this was like a, like a shaft of light came down out of the sky, okay? I don't normally think like this. This was a God thought. Right? Like when Clark Griswold finds the family Christmas tree. That's kind of what happened in our living room. And I said, well, the answer is in the question. She asked, why can I not get myself and my family to church? The answer is this. She said, why can I not do it? There's your answer. She's trying to get herself there under her own power. Your willpower will never match the willpower of the enemy to keep you out. You will lose every Sunday morning. You will lose every time. I said, what she has to do is she has to start praying. God, give me a greater desire to be with your family on Sunday morning because I can't do it myself. Increase my desire. And she needs to pray that every morning when she gets up. This morning, God, give me a greater desire. Next morning, God, give me a greater desire. God, give me a greater desire. Because we need the power of God to overcome the will of the enemy. Your willpower is not strong enough to defeat the forces trying to keep you out. You will never. So the answer to why can I not get myself to church on Sunday morning, why can I not get myself with God on Sunday morning, well, the answer lies within the question. You can't. And so here's what I've challenged people that don't go to church. I say, here's what I want you to do. If you really want to come, if you don't want to come, don't come. I, I don't want you. But if you really do, you just can't seem to get yourself there, for the next 30 days, every day for, for the rest of this month, pray, God, increase my desire to go. Take the 30-day challenge for the next 30 days. Just, God, increase my desire to go. God, increase my desire to go. God, increase my desire to go. Every morning, you just pray that. Why? Because he wants you a part of the family. He wants you serving. He wants you growing spiritually. But we think that we have to do it in our own power. You'll never be able to serve in your own power. You'll serve for a while, and then you'll get burned out and move on. But with God's power, with a power and love that's infinite, you'll be able to serve, you'll be able to love. No matter how you're treated, you'll be able to continue to love. Even if it means being crucified, you'll still be able to love. But you'll never be able to love under your own power. It's limited. Oh, you'll do great for a while. And so Peter tells us, he says, if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength that God provides. The strength that God provides. Number four, serving causes me to be like Jesus. Being a difference maker causes me to be like Jesus. Matthew 25, verse 40. The king will, will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Jesus is saying, one day you will stand before God and you will be judged. And he says, in that judgment, he says, he's going to tell those that have followed him, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? Look at all the people you've blessed. Look at the people you've served. And he says, and I'm telling you the truth. On that day, when I account everything that you've done, whatever you've done for the least, for the homeless, for the hungry, for the orphan, for the widow, what you've done for the least of these, you've done it for me. And I love the rest of the verse because it, it goes, I love the rest of that section because it goes on and it says that 
they will look at him and go, when did we ever find you homeless? When did we ever find you hungry? When did we ever find you orphaned or widowed or needy? Think about that for a minute. That, my friend, is a person who loves and doesn't even think about it. They don't even consider the homeless or the needy or the widow or the orphan. They don't even, they just do it because it's who they are. It's because of what's inside of them. At our community group last Tuesday night, I don't have time to get into it now, but he says then he will eventually judge those who are spiritually dead and all of the good works that they did will condemn them. I don't have time to get into it, but it's in the book of Revelation. And what they, essentially what they say is, but I did this and I did that and I did all of these things. And the difference is, I did it. The Christian goes and says, I just did it. I didn't think about it. It was just a part of who I was. The non-Christ follower will try to use their good works to defend themselves, and he's like, no, that's prideful. You cannot use good works to defend yourself because now you're using pride with your works. And what got Satan kicked out of heaven? Pride, right? So I know I just went really deep and like that fast, but think about that. A Christian just serves, and they don't even think about it because it's who they are. It's the essence of who they are. It would be like Jesus. Number five, in closing, number five, being a difference maker and serving your community brings healing. It brings healing. Proverbs 11.25, be generous and you will be prosperous. Help others and you'll be helped. This is true not only financially, this is true emotionally. When I talk with people who battle depression, this is one of the first verses I pull out. If you want to get over your depression, Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25, go start serving somebody. You're not going to feel like it. You're going to absolutely hate it. But by the end of that hour or two hours, you're going to feel so much better. Oh, you may not be completely over your depression, but you're going to feel much better than when you got started. So King Solomon says, he says, you be generous and you'll be prosperous. You help others and you will find yourself helped. You make the first move, right? If you want a friend, be a friend. Start healing. Start the healing process. You know, one of the reasons that we do hashtag for lapel, right, we talked about it, is to bring unity and community, right? To bring healing where maybe healing needs to happen between people. That's what we're about. That's what we're for is to be generous and to bring that healing. And so I want to challenge you with this. I want to challenge you. If you live in the town limits of lapel, I want to challenge you, go to, go to a town board meeting. Go to the second and fourth Thursdays of every month. Go to a fire board meeting. These are open to the public because they're ran by your tax money. And yet nobody shows until there's a problem. And then the whole town shows up to argue over the problem. You know what the church should be doing? The church should just be showing up and sitting there. Not politicking, not taking sides. And when you hear a need, you figure out how to fix it. That's what the church does. I don't care whether I voted for you or not. I used to go and sit and just listen to the town needs. Why are you here? What do you want? <laughs> I love They would all, like the first two or three times I went, they'd be like, what do you want? I'm like, I don't want anything. I'm just here to listen. And if there's some way the church can help the town, we're going to help. That's what it's, so I would challenge you 
to just, what would it look like if all of a sudden we just started showing up at town board meetings just to love on people, whether we agreed with how they wanted to get something fixed or not? What would that look, imagine the healing that would begin to happen. Think about that for a minute. Just show up and just love them, right? And so I'm there and all of a sudden I hear that somebody's water heater went out because there was flooding because a sewer drain was you know, filled and the, the street couldn't drain properly and so it backed up into their garage and it ruined their water heater, water heater and whatever. And you know what I did? I said, well, I, I said, look, I, I can't fix that problem, but as a church we can replace his water heater so you don't have to worry about that. And that's exactly what we did. And you should have seen the looks on people's faces like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, what's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with me. I'm not here to figure out how to fix the drainage problem. I'm not here to politic for that. I'm here to find the need and meet it. It's called healing. It's called serving. It's called loving. It's amazing. I go to these board meetings and I just sit and nobody ever shows up until there's a problem and everybody wants to gripe. That's not the church's business. The church's business is to show up to love and figure out how we can love and help people. So I want to encourage you. Consider that. Think about that. How do you bring healing how do you bring restoration? That's our job, right, as priests. As I talked about last week, a priest, priest means bridge builder. How do you build a bridge between two places? Because we are a royal priesthood. That's our call. And it doesn't have to be Lapel. It could be in the town that you live in. It could be in Anderson or Middletown or Markleville or Pendleton or wherever you're from. It could be in that town. So here's what I want to do this morning. I want to honor all of those that are difference makers that are here this morning. Okay, now, I don't have any gifts or anything like that, but I'm going to, band, you guys can come on out. They're over in the side, like, looking at me like, can we come out? Can we not come out? Come on out. So in the next few moments, we're going to close this service by honoring those that serve. Okay? So I'm going to ask that as I mention this area of our movement, of our church, I'm going to ask you just to stand up. Now, some of you are going to be really uncomfortable with this, but I'm not going to ask you to come on stage, okay? I'm just going to ask you to stand up where you're at because I want everybody to see those that are serving, those that are experiencing one of these five things or those that are, those that are really loving people and setting their wants, their desires, and their needs aside, okay? So, and if you're a leader, I want to encourage you to come up on stage, and if you want to talk about your team, you can come up. Come on, Lynn. I know you want to talk. I didn't mean like that. Stop laughing. <laughs> right? So, all right. So let's start. Let's start with, since Lynn's coming up, let's start with uh, greeting. And Lynn, you've got about 40 people or more that help greet. And uh, so do you want to say anything about those people? Just take Ben's mic. Because he's not going to sing while you talk. That'd be weird. Okay. If I can do it, do it. But you guys can play. You guys can play. Test one, do one, two. Good morning. If you serve on the greeting team, please stand. Awesome. Woo! Let's give a round of applause for the greeting team. I appreciate each and every one of you. You do make a difference. We love to see your smiling faces every Sunday morning. And um, if you're interested in serving on the greeting team, don't hesitate to let me know today after service, and we can fill awesome. out a Connect card. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. I'm going to uh, mention another team. You got anything else you want to say? No. Am I done? <laughs>
Only if you want to be. Whatever you want, honey. I'm sorry. It's my fault. Here you go. All right. All right. Um, this, is a, this is a team that gets absolutely zero recognition, but if they don't do their job, you will notice it. I promise. That's a setup teardown team. If you're on the setup and teardown team, these people are here as early. Some of them are here as early as 830. And uh, if you'll go ahead and stand up, most of them show up around 915, 930. Go ahead and stand up. Set up, tear down. Listen, if you want to serve, yeah. If you want to serve, if you want to serve, and you don't want to be noticed, because I know a lot of people don't like the limelight, Brian, stand up, Brian. I'm going to put you on the spot. Brian is in the black and red plaid. See him after service. He'll be out there. Connect with him. I think he's looking probably for about another four or five people just to help set up, tear down. He needs that help um, so he can get a rotation. So, you know, we don't want to work you every Sunday. We'll get you into a rotation to set up, tear down. I mean, if you can set up a table and put a tablecloth over the top of it, come on, right? Um, I want to mention another group. Brian, do you want to say anything because you're not? Yeah, this is typical of this group. They're like, nope, I'm back. I'm behind the scenes. (laughs) Um, Another group are sound and lights. Now, this is another position that goes unthanked, but trust me, if we didn't have lights and sound and everything didn't sound good, you'd be like, that does not sound good. I am not coming back there. And that's Dave West and his team, and Bill Hutton's back there working with him today. So if you work lights and sound, would you stand up? All right. Thank you guys very much. If you're interested, lights, sound, you're like, I don't have any sound experience. None of these guys had sound experience. We trained them. It's easy, okay? It's really easy. Um, If you can just push a button, you can run it. Um, So if that's you, I want you to see Dave. Dave, would you raise your hand in the back? Dave is an introvert's introvert, but he'd love to talk to you anyway, I promise. Okay? All right. Um, Band, Ben, um, if you... Have, yeah, I, Zach, stand up. You're the only one not standing up, man. <laughs> um, Alyssa is sick this morning, and if you have musical talent, vo- vo- vocals, whatever, we want you to serve here. Uh, I know some of you have that, and we're looking to fill some spots anyway, so if that's you, uh, hit Ben up. Everybody knows who. Do you have anything you want to say? Because you talk. No? Okay. He does talk. He doesn't just sing. He talks, too. I mean, it's like living with a musical. All right? So, all right. Uh, Tori is not here. Tori's in Chicago, but she's in charge of our communication and marketing team. So if you have, like, if you love to do graphic design, if we're actually looking for a graphic designer, so if you do graphic design um, and communications, marketing, and so on, if that's you and you serve on that team, would you stand up, please? All right. Good job, the two of you. So we need to grow. This is a team that kind of needs to grow. And so if you're into marketing and communications and stuff, uh, we can grow this team. We'd love to do that. You can see uh, Steve, would you be willing to stand out there? And since Tori is in Chicago today, thank you. Awesome. All right. Our outreach team, we have an outreach team that coordinates outreaches and so on. You two get out of the hallway and come in here. Bonnie and Bobby are in charge of the outreach team and loving on. They help put a lot of this stuff together. And so if you want to be a part of the outreach team and figuring out how to love on people, 
see them become a part of their team. Um, let's see here. Okay, I think that I think I've probably saved the best two for last. Uh, what? I'm preaching on being offended at the start of the year. You should be here at every service. All right. I love you, man. <laughs> All right. Um, youth. The River Youth Student Ministry. Do you guys really don't want to say anything at all? No? They're like, oh, no, no, no. I bet your kids, I bet, the, I bet the kids. I, she, I'm, I shouldn't say that. Any of you teenagers? i got to be real careful here. No? All right. Well, listen, if you want to serve with the River Student Ministry, um, I know that they're always looking for people to help bring snacks or, yeah, they like that, um, or just to serve and work with them. Uh, it's an amazing group of kids and students. i got to quit saying that. And, um, but if you want to serve with the students, it's awesome. We're not going to ask you to stay up all night and guzzle two liters of Coke and throw up in my front yard. Right? Um, that has happened. I thought we had an elf party one time. Okay, so I was in charge of youth, and that's what you get. But they have done some awesome, awesome stuff. And um, if you're really looking for teenagers to go deeper in Christ, and just, they do an amazing job. And so I get a hold of Jesse. Or, would you at least stand up for me so people can see who you are? And uh, if you want your teenager to go deeper in Christ, they need to be a part of that group. And then the last one is the River Kids. River Kids. Richard is not in here because I think Richard is, is he teaching with them today? Yes? Okay. Um, but if you work with River Kids, would you stand up, please? It is an amazing, amazing group of people. The time, energy, it allows you to be in here. And I tell, go ahead and sit down. When people ask me and they have kids, they say, hey, they say, what's, uh, what's, your, what's your kids area like? And we're looking for a church. And here's what I tell them. I say, you need to go visit every other church before you bring your kid to River Kids. Because once they go to River Kids, they won't want to go anywhere else. That's what I tell them. And I know that sounds, I don't mean that to sound arrogant. I just say, look, your kids will love it so much they won't want to go anywhere else. So make sure you visit every other church first and then you come here. And I think that's true. Now, I will say this, because I'm going to put a plug in for Richard because he's not here. We have about 10 spots that need filled in River Kids. Okay, 10 count them, 10. And I promise you, some of you sitting here are like, well, I've got to hear the sermon, or I've got to whatever, whatever, I don't like kids. And I'm telling you right now, I can count on about five people I know right now that didn't even want to serve with River Kids, are like, I don't want to serve anywhere else now, because I see God moving so much. So I'm going to ask Richard, if somebody can go sub for Richard when service is over, and let Richard, Richard will stand out. And I'm going to ask all the leaders to stand out there in a row and get your contact information. So get the blue cards, get a pen. You know what to do. We talked about this at home, right? Okay. So I want that to be you. And I want you to find some place to serve. Why? Because I want you to experience spiritual growth because serving is directly related to spiritual growth. I don't want you to be the same a year from now. And one of the ways you do that is by serving and loving so can you serve the people that you're sitting next to? 
Can you love the person you're sitting next to? More importantly, can you love the person who's not in that seat next to you? Every empty seat represents somebody who's not here yet. Can you love them before they ever get here? Can you, by faith, love them before they get here and start serving now? That's a good question. Let's stand up. We're not going to close with a song. I'm going to pray. And leaders, if you'll go on out there and you can have people sign up to set up, to tear down, to sound, lights, music, river kids, teenagers, you name it. Get involved. Begin to serve. Begin to love the community. This week, it's Myers Insurance Agency. Share them on Facebook. Say, hey, here's a great place. They do real estate. They do insurance. All right? Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence here today. Lord, as we wrap up the Hashtag for Lapel series, I ask that we would all find places to serve and to grow, to rub elbows. But Lord, healing can't happen until we start serving one another and start loving one another. And if we're going to heal our land, if we're going to see people come to you, we have to first start serving and loving the way you served and loved us when you came down from heaven. Lord, we're going to celebrate that in about a month. We're going to celebrate how you came out of heaven to serve us. Let us begin to serve now. Let our life become a life of service. Lord, we praise you. We thank you. I ask that this week that you would bless everyone who is here this morning. Watch over them. Protect them. Bless their families. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.